In today's podcast, we're getting real and we are talking the truth about self-love. No bullshit. What it is, what it isn't, and how it can change your life. Let's do this. Welcome to Powered by Self-Love, the podcast where we take a topic related to self-love and what it takes to live a self-loving life, and we break it down into a digestible nugget in 30 minutes or less. My name is Sarah, and I'm the author of Soul Archaeology, a totally doable strategy to creating a self-loving and liberated life. And I run live events and retreats for plus-size women old enough to remember life before the internet. The following is a totally incomplete list of some of the things I've done in order to feel more loved. Move cross-country and back. Dye my hair cherry red. Have sex with a guy whose name I couldn't remember, so I put him in my phone as the bellhop because he worked well as a bellhop at the old Hard Rock Hotel. Worn a Kangol hat. Become a fan of playing Magic the Gathering, temporarily, of course. Created a living room picnic, complete with homemade potato fennel gratin with two pounds of hand-grated Gruyere cheese. I don't eat cheese. Had a threesome I didn't want to have. Quit a job I loved because it made him jealous. And gave men a second chance, a third, and a fourth, and a fifth, again and again. Spoiler alert. None of these things actually made me feel more loved. In fact, most of these things and the zillion other things I've done, some silly and small and some big and pretty icky, usually made me feel worse about myself than I did before I did them. The only thing that truly helped me to feel more loved was to do a deep dig into my own shit, to do an archaeology of my soul and peel back all the layers of my life and uncover the things I was certain were true about who I was. Doing this allowed me to see a whole bunch of sticky, painful patterns and limiting beliefs I had about what I was worth and how I felt like I needed to trade pieces of myself away in order to be more valuable. I have done a lot of painful things in myself in order to feel like I was lovable. And for a long time, the weight of these things stacked up on my shoulders and pressed down into me and turned into shame. Really dark shame that I didn't even know I had that colored my entire sense of self. I don't feel that way anymore. In my mid-40s now, I can safely say truly that there is nothing I have done in my past that I still feel shame for today. And while I sometimes wrestle with how I spent several decades of my life, I no longer allow the weight of my perceived mistakes to determine how I treat myself today. Now I am guided by self-love. So when you think about self-love, what comes to mind? Maybe you imagine a natural-looking woman in her underwear bending over and pinching a 
totally normal roll of fat between her fingers in a picture on social media with a caption that says, love yourself, or you think of taking an indulgent bubble bath with candles and bath bombs. There's a good chance that when you think of the idea of self-love, you think of rewarding yourself in some way, to have such intense affection for who you are that you feel like you deserve the praise or the treat or whatever splurge, whatever brand is convincing you to make in their advertising to pamper yourself. Now, pampering yourself can be awesome, no doubt, but I feel like self-love means something entirely different. I believe that self-love is actually about serving yourself with the stuff you need to be greater. And sometimes self-love can be uncomfortable, not fun and downright ugly in the short term. But in the end, self-love will always be about helping you to live a liberated and authentic life on your terms. In this podcast today, we're going to have a self-love 101. I'm going to tell you what I believe self-love is. I'm going to tell you four truths that I think are essential to understanding self-love. And then I'm going to give you some concrete examples of what self-love is and most importantly, what it isn't. And then we're going to wrap up the podcast by telling you how to know exactly what self-love means for you and what you can start doing right away to cultivate self-love in your life. So let's jump on in. So let's start by telling you my very specific definition of self-love. This is the definition I use in all of my work, in my book and what I teach at retreats and events. This is also the tenant that has guided me as I've worked through my own journey of soul archaeology over the last few years and what has helped me as I grow my own self-awareness and work to feel empowered and whole. Self-love is any thought we think or any action we do that helps us connect to our ultimate you. I will say that again. Self-love is any thought that we think or action we do that helps connect us to our ultimate you. So let's elaborate. Because your ultimate you is a version of you not defined by age or weight or income, but by two things. First, your ability to be honest with yourself about what you are feeling and when you are feeling it. Second, your commitment to serving yourself with self-love based on what you feel and need. When we are using self-love as a principle that guides our lives, we are living a self-loving life. When we prioritize self-love over self-abandoning, When we make a choice in the moment to have our own back and not abandon ourselves, we are living a self-loving life. The key to all of this is that self-love is the mechanism. It is the strategy, the tools, and the practice of prioritizing what it is you need to grow into a greater version of you. Now let's talk about why self-love matters. Self-love is what will pull your head out of your ass when you don't know which way is up. Self-love is what will help you stay aligned when you feel really out of whack. It will help you prioritize what you need when you need it. It will help you stay connected to your values 
so that you don't live your life as one big reaction to other people so that there is no other influence in your life that shapes you more than you shape yourself. It will help you to understand what to focus on and what to let fall away. It will make it easy for you to understand what is good for you and what isn't. And why does any of this matter? Well, if something in your life isn't working for you right now, if you aren't feeling the way you know you want to feel, then you need to do something different. And that can be really hard. Self-love can be your roadmap. Self-love can make the process more simple and clear. Not easy, but clear. So you have a guide. And so you can build trust with yourself so you know. So you know that you are confident and you are confident that you will always have your own back. So when it comes to your own life, you're probably wondering what exactly is self-love for you, right? Like I've talked about it in theory, but you want to know what the fuck it means for you. And that's a super valid question, except I can't tell you shit. I can't tell you that. I can't answer that for you. And the reason is I can't because self-love is personal and unique for you. Okay, let me repeat that. I, Sarah, cannot tell you what self-love is for you just like a brand can't tell you what it is or an influencer can't tell you what it is because self-love is unique and personal for you. What is self-love for me may not be the same thing that is self-love for you. I can, however, tell you how to know what self-love is for you. So I can't tell you what it is, but I'll tell you how you can know what self-love is. Make sense? Like, I can't give you the answers, but I can tell you how to figure out the fucking answers for yourself. So let's go back to my definition of self-love, okay? Self-love is any thought you think or action you take that connects you to a greater version of you. Now, if you know how you want to feel in your life, you can figure out what self-love means for you. Let me give you a personal example so that you understand what I mean, okay? My dad passed away about a month ago. I've shared this on social media. It's something that I'm really working through in my head. In addition to that, my book was also recently released. Like, my dad passing, my book released, was like in three weeks of each other. Like, this whole big fucking birth death thing happened at the same time. And the two of those things have really turned me upside down and left me exhausted and confused and just really overwhelmed trying to figure out what to do next. And feeling the way I do right now, it's not working for me. I mean, like, I know that grief is a thing and confusion is a thing and it's all fucking okay, but feeling as exhausted and confused right now, I know is not gonna serve me in the long run. So I am using self-love to help me reconnect to myself and move forward. I make a conscious choice to prioritize self-love in order to help me reconnect to myself and move forward. So here are some of the things right now for me that I consider to be self-love. One, having a more defined sleep schedule and sticking to it. 
Two, eating with intention and doing my best not to eat guided by my impulses and haphazardly. Three, strength training and getting my body to lift weights multiple times a week. Four, laying low on social media. Even though I know it's really bad for my business, I need space for my mental health, right? Also, doing laundry twice a week and not letting it build up, keeping my social circle small, wearing sweatshirts and comfortable clothes, not shopping for clothes and cowboy boots because, you know, I always want more cowboy boots. This is absolutely true. And giving myself room to emotionally be messy because grief requires that of me sometimes. But also not taking my own shit, being accountable to myself when I catch myself wanting to or engaging in self-sabotage, getting a mammogram. I can't tell you how badly I don't want to get my, my, my tits squished and smushed between glass plates, but I know that I got to do that shit. So that's fucking self-love for me right now. And also going back to the doctor to talk about my weight and some options and some other things I want to consider for my long-term health. There's also stuff that I'm not going to share on this list with you right now that are like more personal, like how I'm handling grief associated with my dad, stuff with my family, things with man candy, blah, 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 blah. But I take all of these things that I just shared with you and all of these things that I know are self-love and I make what I refer to as a self-love to-do list, which is a literal list of all the things that I know are self-love for me. And here's what you need to know about this list, okay? Everything on the self-love to-do list is my priority. It's what I focus on. It's what I do first. It is what I am uncompromising about. And everything else either comes second or it freaking falls away. When I do what is on my list, I know it is serving me. When something pops up, when I get faced with an action or a thought that is new or unfamiliar, I can ask myself, is this on my self-love to-do list? Is this self-love for me? And if it is, I do it. And if it isn't, I don't. Ah, clarity, right? Okay. Do you see what I'm talking about? Self-love is a strategy and a tool that I use to reconnect to myself. It is a way that I serve myself. It is the thoughts and the actions that help me connect to my ultimate you. So let's say a store I like suddenly has a new pair of purple cowboy boots that are really fucking cool and I really want them. But for self-love, for me right now, it's not about buying boots, all right? It can suck, but I know to stay true to myself, I can't buy them and I gotta move on. So let's say I'm at 7-Eleven and a bag of like white cheddar popcorners is calling my name and I could totally eat them even though I'm not at all hungry. And even though I don't want them, they're there and why the fuck not, right? They're delicious. But nope, it's not self-loving because impulsive eating isn't self-loving for me right now. So I will save eating for them at a time when I intentionally want them. There's nothing bad with them. There's not intrinsically wrong with them. It's just that eating haphazardly and impulsively is not self-loving for me right now. Another example is when I start to beat myself up for feeling so out of whack and not being angry at myself and I start to like not know what my priorities are for work and I start to spiral and feel like a failure because I don't feel like I have my shit together and I know that I'm juggling icky stuff with my dad and I know that I don't know exactly how to get my head out of my ass for work and I start to let that feeling overwhelm me. No. I stop that the best that I can because that's not self-loving. 
because having compassion for my messy feelings is self-love for me right now. I know because I put it on my fucking self-love to-do list. You get the idea? So we've talked about that. I've shared with you self-love in my definition, and I've told you about what that actually looks like, right? Like what those actions and thoughts of self-love can look like. So now I want to be crystal clear with you and share some essential truths about self-love so that you can be really clear, like crystal clear about what self-love is. Because I'm sharing all of this for me. And at the end of this, I'm going to be encouraging you to figure out what self-love is for you. That's the point of all of this, right? I share my shit so that you can learn something and apply it to your life. So truth one, let's go. Truth one, I said this before, but I will say it again. Self-love means different things to different people. What is self-loving to one person may not be what is self-loving to another person. Now, this is totally normal. People are different. They have different needs, different backstories, different desires. It is totally normal for you to want to compare yourself to someone else, especially because social media feels so much of our time and people's values and priorities are literally shoved in our face. Just remember that we're all different. Okay? So let me give you two examples of what I mean. Let's just go through a couple examples. One example if you have a history of a restrictive eating disorder, and this eating disorder has been damaging to your emotional and physical health and well-being, it's not self-loving for you to ever track or monitor your food. It's just not. However, if you're someone who has a history of overeating or you know that certain foods don't work for your body, monitoring or tracking your food may be self-loving for you. So we've got the same action and the same thought, like the same tool for somebody that's not going to be self-loving. That's not going to be considered an act of self-love. And for someone, it will. Do you see what I mean? So let's give another example. If you are someone who longs to explore more of their sexuality, then learning how to use toys and exploring self-pleasure may be really healthy for you. But if you are someone that has experienced some kind of sexual trauma, it may not be. Same, same self-love, same action, same tool. The idea of exploring sexuality and self-pleasure for somebody may be really self-loving and for somebody it may not be, okay? And let's do one final example. If your credit cards are maxed out and you live paycheck to paycheck, eating lunch out every day may not be self-loving for you. However, if your finances are stable and you have a bad habit of working so hard you don't take lunch, intentionally eating lunch out every day may be really self-loving for you, right? So just remember when you talk to other people and you see what their priorities are when you're hanging out on social media and you're scrolling and you're just consuming what other people's priorities and values are. Remember that what is self-loving for someone may not be self-loving for you. And that is okay. We have the opportunity to be aware and empathetic of that and realize that there's room for all of us to find self-love in ways that are meaningful to us. Okay. Truth two, this is a big one. Like if I could put this shit on a bumper sticker, I would. Self-love is not always easy. We have the illusion that self-love is some pretty, fluffy, rainbow, unicorn thing. And sometimes it can be. 
right? It can be like a walking version of the outfits that like people wear to the Taylor Swift Eras tour, right? But sometimes the most self-loving things for us are the things that suck the most and the shit that we really don't want to do, but doing them will really help us to grow and flourish. Sometimes the most self-loving things we can do are the hardest things. They are no fun, they scare the shit out of us, and they may even have no immediate payout. But in the long run, they're going to be the thoughts or actions that are deeply valuable to our growth. Now, here are some examples of really sucky shit that I have done in my life or I'm currently doing that are self-love for me. Breakups. I've had some breakups that I really didn't want to have because I was super into someone, but the relationships were emotionally damaging. And leaving them and learning from them was some of the most self-loving shit I ever did. Being honest that I need to address my weight and actively pursue sustainable weight loss, including dealing with my really emotional and impulsive relationship to food and not spending money. Having to actually stick to a budget and follow through is so not fucking fun at all, but it's self-love for me right now. Do you get the picture? Okay. Truth three, self-love changes as we change. How you interpret self-love will evolve as you evolve. So what serves you at 21 will probably be different than what serves you at 41 which will be different from what serves you again at 61. The key to self-love is not to think about it as a one-time wham and bam done thing, but to do it again and again and regularly reevaluate what you need at any given moment in your current chapter. In short, be aware that self-love grows right alongside you. And I get that you want to wrap your hands around things and that once you have your big aha moment, you want shit to be neat and clean and done and bam, move on, right? That's not self-love. That's before and after diet culture. So self-love is more like a game of catch and release. Once you learn what self-love means for you in the current moment, you live with it and you allow it to run its course and then you release it to make room for what's next to flow in its place. Okay, four. Because a lot of us are addicted to productivity, we get to learn that self-love doesn't necessarily mean action. I think we can agree that society is super addicted to the hustle, right? This is the idea that we're worthy only when we're kissing ass and taking names and probably burning a candle at both ends, sleep derived and walking around like zombie food, right? This is bullshit. It is absolutely great to respect discipline and value productivity, but doing so to the detriment of your own mental health gets old really fast or whenever you realize enough enough. So sometimes the actions that serve us the most is inaction. It's the stripping away and it's the removing and the stillness. And now I want to give you a bonus truth. I actually didn't even put this in my book. So this is a bonus exclusive truth. Truth five. Self-love is not letting yourself off the hook. Self-love is self-accountability. Even if what you are being self-accountable for is intentionally allowing yourself to be indulgent, Self-love is not reactive or careless. It is always intentional. And it requires that you be honest and accountable with yourself. You cannot be bullshitting yourself and be self-loving. Let me repeat that. You cannot be bullshitting yourself and be self-loving. So let's recap our truths, our truths about self-love. One, Self-love means different things to different people. Two, self-love is not always easy and fun. 
Three, self-love evolves as you evolve. Four, self-love does not equate to action and busyness. Lastly, five, it is never self-love to bullshit yourself and not be self-accountable. Okay. Did you get that? Take a deep breath. Okay. Now that you've heard all that, I want us to move towards wrapping up by answering a question that I'm hoping that you have. (laughs) Like it's a question that I hope is burning in your brain right now, which is how do I start practicing self-love for myself? How do I start if my head is up my asshole? How do I know what to do if I hate everything right now? Yes, I want to do all of what you just said, but I have no fucking idea how to even start. What do I do, Sarah? Okay. You have to be radically honest with yourself about what is working for you in life and what isn't. You have to be truly honest with yourself about what you desire. But most importantly, In order to answer all those questions, you have to start by asking yourself, what is hurting me in life right now that I am pretending not to see? What is painful to me in life that I have been avoiding? What isn't working for me in my life right now? And you can use those answers to move you forward. When it comes to self-love, I firmly believe that you don't have to have the answers for what works for you if you don't know them. But what you do have to do is be willing to get real about what isn't working for you in your life. And from there, you will find your answers. Now, this is an entirely different podcast for an entirely different time because I have a totally doable strategy to help you figure out what self-love means for you, for you to go step by step into doing the work from thinking about what hurts you to creating your self-love to-do list. But that's not for today. That's soon, I promise. Now, if you want to dig into it right now and you don't want to wait until the next podcast where we talk about it, get your cute little tush to Amazon or whatever it is and get a copy of my book, Soul Archaeology, because I go into all of this in detail on how you can make your own self-love to-do list. You can also download the book on Audible, all that kind of jazz, right? Um, And also on my website, if you go there right now, I've got some worksheets you can fill out and things that will help you to do this, okay? But here is what I want to leave you with because I don't want to leave you frustrated. You want to know what self-love is, and you want to know how you can start using it right away. The first step to doing that is to be honest about what isn't working for you right now. So I will leave you with these final words. There is no easy solution for getting to self-love. There is a strategy There is a practice and there is a mechanism, but there is no easy, fast solution for self-love in your life. None. But we are all born with qualities that are embedded in our DNA. And our life experiences can either nurture the great we are born with it so we can embody it and express it, or those experiences can lead us to keep it locked away. Now, if painful things have happened in our past, we cannot 
remove the things that have happened to us, but we can shift our perspective on them and our relationship to them so that they can weigh less and color us less so that what is left to shine through in life is more of who we naturally authentically are. And self-love is what will help us to do that through the actions and the thoughts that connect us to a dialed-in version of ourselves, we can consciously create our own narrative and define our sense of self and do the things that bring us life in full, vivid color. And here's the thing, guys. You are deserving of a life in vivid color. At any age, at any weight, No matter what shame you have felt you carried in the past, no matter how you believe you have fucked up in the past, you are deserving and you are more capable of creating a liberated and self-loving life on your terms than you can even imagine. That is all for today. Thank you for being here with me. Don't forget, if you're looking to explore your own self-worth, to learn how self-love can help you to live a more liberated life, and how to use soul archaeology to dig through the layers of your own shit to uncover who you truly are meant to be, check out my book. You can find Soul Archaeology, a totally doable strategy to creating a self-loving and liberated life, on Audible and Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Target and on my website, sarahsapora.com. You can also learn about my next retreats and live events. And don't forget to follow my channel here. A new podcast will drop every Wednesday.